It's a post-All-Star weekend edition of Big Apple Buckets today because we're going to recap the best All-Star game ever and break down the entire weekend in Chicago. Here are clips from the Windy City from Common, Devin Booker, Zion Williamson, Rudy Gobert, and the New York Knicks' own R.J. Barrett. Knicks beat writer Mark Berman also joins us to look ahead to the final two months of the season for the Knickerbockers. All that and more next on Big Apple Buckets with the New York Post. Welcome to Big Apple Buckets, our New York Knicks podcast with the New York Post. I'm your host, Kazim Famiwide, a.k.a. Kaz. You can follow me on social media at Kazim. That's K-A-Z-E-E-M. New episodes drop every Tuesday, so hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, all those good places. Rate us five stars and write a pretty nice review. Mark Berman joins us later for this NBA All-Star Weekend and Review Show, and it's a packed episode, so let's get into it. Yeah, and we're back from Chicago after, uh, I feel like I'm coming off a basketball high right now, man. This past weekend had to be, without a doubt, one of the most fun, most exciting, most thrilling All-Star Weekends I can remember in in. Probably ever, probably ever. It was just such a, a concoction of so many emotions, new formats, new stars, old stars, entertainment, man. And I, I'll, I'll, I'm with you on this one, Jake. I was skeptical of Chicago in February for All-Star Weekend. I've been to plenty of All-Star Weekends in the past. And usually in February, we try and find somewhere warm to go, somewhere like L.A. or Vegas or Miami or 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 Texas or something like that. Being in the Windy City of Chicago, I definitely have my doubts, but I got to big up the Windy City, man. It was an incredible uh host city for All-Star weekend. You just you you remember just how much that city lives and breathes sports, specifically basketball specifically in February when it's Michael Jordan's birthday and you're in the backdrop of the United Center. And, you know, it, it was just every event lived up to the hype. And I, I don't think that's really ever happened through All-Star Weekend, man. We started with, you know, the rookie sophomore game. Well, the Rising Stars game, pardon myself for aging myself, but the Rising Stars game was pretty incredible as well. You know, you had those great moments with uh, Lucas Doncic and Trey Young who – might be the the, the two big all stars the, of the future. Uh, Zion Williamson doing Zion Williamson things. John Morant putting on a show. Even the New York Knicks had something to cheer about. You had R.J. Barrett over there playing hard. He's not Mamba mentality, getting buckets, blocking people from getting alley oop dunks. Really trying to get out there and play hard. Uh, so that that was incredible. And then Saturday night, which you know I said this on Twitter as soon as the dunk contest was about to start. I said if they can pull off this dunk contest, there will be this will be the best All Star. Saturday night of all time because even down to the skills competition which is a sneaky fun competition like every year there's always like a little oh it's cute oh that was fun that was nice like nobody goes around bragging about the skills competition but this year it was like really fun to see just the evolution of the game guys like 
Demonte Sabonis and, and Bam Adebayo, who are big guys in, in, in the sense of their size, but just incredibly skilled players and seeing just how talented they are and how far the game is going. You got guys 6'10", throwing better chest passes and bounce passes than, than great point guards. It's incredible. And uh, it, it came down to the buzzer with Bam Adebayo. And I think Dwayne Wade on commentary was a nice, sweet added touch. I think he's a natural for the for Turner. I think he's going to be great in that role. But then you, you had the three-point contest who, there was nothing wrong with the three-point contest for a long time it's a very simple concept you, you put some racks up you put some balls on the on the racks and you shoot them like there was nothing wrong with that there was already enough intrigue but the level of ingenuity to add the Mountain Dew hotspots for those deep three-point shooters that we love seeing now in the NBA and in addition to the money ball rack that they've added over the past several years it made a, a contest that was already great even greater and, you know, Buddy Hill doing what he did in the last, uh, you know, to, to win it on that final shot was just incredible television, just super fun to watch. And then finally, you know, everybody's been talking about it all weekend long, almost. And if it wasn't for the, the incredible all-star game, we'd probably still be talking about it. But Saturday night, I did not think that Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine would ever be upstaged as far as a dunk contest duel. But they did it. They did it this past Saturday night with Derrick Jones Jr., the Miami Heat, and Aaron Gordon again. And I'm not, and Jake, let's, let's talk about this because you were there. You were in the arena when uh when 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 the, the dunk contest was going down. I'm not of the ilk of saying Aaron Gordon was robbed. Not because he didn't deserve a trophy, but my thing is I don't think Derek Jones lost it either. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not like Aaron Gordon was uh was absolutely dominating Derek Jones Jr. It was a coin flip between those guys. And I would I would have been good with a tie game. You were in the arena. What was the energy like in there when when Aaron Gordon and and Derek Jones Jr. was just throwing down haymakers at each other? It was so weird because I mean Derek Jones essentially got booed when he won because everyone was like, what just happened? You jump over the taco himself. I mean all seven six of him and you lose, it just didn't seem right. And Derek Jones told us I was there with the post and with, with media after and it was just way too much media, I will say. They invited everyone and their mother who was in that media. <laughs> and then they fed everyone cheesecake. There wasn't enough cheesecake to go around Derek Jones said after and I posted this and a lot of people reacted saying what the hell is he talking about is he knew that they wouldn't give taco taco I wish taco was in the dunk contest they wouldn't give (laughs) they wouldn't give Gordon a 50 because he clipped Taco's head. And I'm thinking to myself, you p- pushed off on Bam Adebayo, and he almost made it over a seven foot six man. Like, how dare you even say that? That blew my mind. He thought that his last dunk, Derrick Jones, was worthy of a 50. And listen, built a lot of suspense. The crowd was very energetic when, when Derrick Jones went past the half-court line. He said, all right, move over, people. That always pumps people up. It's like, what is he going to do? And he essentially jumped from like a foot in front of the free throw line. Listen, none of us could do this stuff. It's athletic. But it's something we've seen before. It wasn't worthy of a 50. He didn't deserve a 50. Overall, I thought that Derek Jones probably had some of the better dunks, but I really thought Gordon kind of did get robbed because, I mean, jumping over Taco, that's a 50. And the whole story and, and you know, the whole gift that came out and the, the memes that have come out on Dwayne Wade's face 
uh, <laughs> that have just broken the internet uh, was him kind of regular. I think it was agreed that it should have kept going, and he threw the nine up there for his boy Derek Jones, and uh, that's what did it. So Dwayne Wade kind of uh, hurt Aaron Gordon's chance, but Gordon said after to the media, he told us, "I'm done. I'm retiring. I'm not go. I'm not doing another dunk contest. It's over. I got robbed twice." And he's he's putting up his dunk shoes into the Raptors, and I guess I can't blame him, Cass, because uh, jumping over Taco is worthy of a fifty, and getting a forty-seven there—that's uh, kind of a screw job. Yeah, he had he had five straight fifties, and I'm like, what else do you want to do? But speaking of Dwayne Wade, man, like I kind of feel for Wade a little bit because everybody's throwing the book at him. He wasn't the only one that gave this guy a nine, all right? The guy, the culprits that nobody's paid attention to that has slid under the radar through this entire weekend is the Black Panther himself, Chadwick Boseman. He sat there while everyone, Wade and Parker and all these people were getting, you know, the, the, the shaft from everybody in the world. Chadwick Boseman just threw his nine in there, slid out the back. <laughs> Nobody paid attention. I mean... Granted, yes, Dwayne Wade, you are a ball player. You are an NBA god. You know just how much ingenuity it takes to come up with these dunks in a dunk contest. He's getting crushed just a little bit too much, man. Like, I don't think he rigged it. I think they were both enjoying the, the contest just as much as anybody. I do know Wade had to get to a spades tournament and, and get and go host that party right after the dunk contest. So I see if he, if he had, if he had to jump out. Wade uh, might've had a bottle of ace of spades on his mind. Apparently you might be right. <laughs> Yeah, man. I, I love the controversy, though, man. I'm a, I'm a wrestling guy. I love seeing, you know, suspense and intrigue and you were robbed and no, you weren't robbed. And like the fact that we're even still talking about it lets you know that All-Star Saturday night was was a rousing success. Well, look, what was interesting is everything besides the Rising Stars game and Celebrity game, which we'll get into, we'll go through the events and we'll hear we'll hear some clips from um from some of the All-Stars and the guys this weekend in common as well, who had some great stuff to say on Kobe. But Everything kind of came down to the buzzer. As you said before, how exciting it was. The skills contest. Literally, out of bio and Sabonis, they both missed their couple threes. They were shooting on one leg. They were trying to get yeah, it, it off against each other. It was a shootout. It, it was a shootout. Yeah. The three-point shootout literally came down to the final ball. Buddy Heald made the final ball and won 27-26 over Devin Booker, who we'll hear from soon. I mean, that was down to the buzzer. The game itself, that came down to the buzzer. So it was an overall, like you mentioned, thrilling weekend and a big W outside of a game ending on a free throw. For the NBA, Adam Silver, I mean, it's a W, and they honored Kobe Wright by really making it competitive and down to the wire, just as Kobe's you know, career was. Yeah, man, it was, ugh, I, I can't give enough credit to the weekend that the NBA put together because I, I just weeks going into the event, you know, we had the big black cloud of the loss of Kobe and Gigi Bryant and the nine lives lost in the helicopter crash a few weeks ago. And, you know, I'll be honest, I don't know if I, a lot of people were really up to play playing you know or even enjoying basketball like that just knowing that you know Kobe won't be there and especially that tribute in the beginning with with Magic Johnson and I'll, I'll go on to say this Jennifer Hudson my goodness one of the greatest I, I don't think I'm being uh I don't think I'm I'm being uh I'm, I'm jumping out the window by saying this one of the greatest musical performances I've ever seen in my life 
She brought the house down. You could feel the emotion, Kaz, in the arena and the energy. Like people, like I, I saw people were crying a little bit. It got emotional, and she really did. It was she brought the house down a lot more than Shaka Khan, who followed with the national anthem, <laughs> which brought the house down in, in disappointment. I'll say. Oh, after a while, I'm like, yo, am I watching the? If I'm, am I watching the Grammys or the BT Awards right now, or am I watching All Star Weekend? Because after you have Jennifer Hudson completely throw on some of the greatest vocal performance I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, Common come out, and we're going to talk to to Common on this episode later today. Yeah, Common come out and do that amazing uh, freestyle or rap performance that he did about the city of Chicago, and if this if this city could talk. He was rhyming left and right. It was it was. And then, and then he rhymed every single player and coach on that was selected for All-Star Weekend. Like, after a while, you're just sitting there like, what the hell is he going to rhyme with Ante Tacupo? I can't wait to see it. <laughs> I had a funny viewpoint because I was looking at the screen that he was looking at. I saw the lyrics. So I was essentially, <laughs> I had rap genius in front of my face. I, I knew the rhyme coming before he said it. So I was looking at them like, no, he's not about to do this. He's about to rhyme <laughs> this with this. So it was hilarious where I was standing to see that. It was hilarious. I was like, because the first two times, the first two or three players, you're not really cashing on to what he's doing. Like, So, okay, you got, you got the, the point of view from the arena and i had the point of view from the tv so i'm just sitting here i'm like yo is he really gonna rhyme every single player that's gonna come out i thought he was gonna and go hooker just, and booker at, at one point i got a little worried yeah <laughs> it just got it got so uh it just got more ridiculous by the minute man it was so funny so funny and it added entertainment value though because you know common is like one of the voices of chicago so people love him he he's the guy and uh he talked about the importance of winning celebrity game mvp but he's one of the faces so the you know i thought it was very corny and like seeing the line and seeing what he was going to say next it was kind of like no he's not going to do this but you know <laughs> I, I didn't hate it I, I i thought it was better than shaka khan who i thought she might have had a fergie mask on with the way she sounded. i mean she's extending oh, no, every no, note like no. what the hell was that we are not jake we do not slander the great name of shaka khan ain't nobody house, okay? got not me. in this podcast <laughs> all right but listen, you will never. Fergie's crown is still secure. Okay, <laughs> the greatest national anthem in All Star history. Fergie still got that. But Shaka definitely gave her a run for her money <laughs> this past Sunday, man. It was just, and this is before the game started. Like this, all this stuff is is pure entertainment before the game the game even tips off. Granted, yeah, they probably still got to work out a few kinks as far as how you you manage the first three quarters but i mean just the attention to detail that the nba paid to onto onto why people lost interest in the all-star game like having the three and this is another genius move by by whoever it was the players association or adam silver i don't know who came up with it having the first three quarters played with resetting scores and those winning teams going to charities and having the kids representing the charities sitting in the hundred section that played was rocking for the first three quarters on like you know sometimes you give those seats to you know the millionaires and the billionaires and the, and the rappers and the influencers who are just too cool for school but getting those kids in there and watching their heroes play hard for them knowing that money is going to their charity the better they play it's it was it was unbelievable so well done and then that fourth quarter probably the best i don't think i'm being facetious here probably one of the best quarters of basketball 
uh, just intensity wise I've ever seen. Like, when are you ever going to see, you know, you, you hear those stories about like the dream team, those epic scrimmages that they had against each other in Barcelona when like MJ is going against everybody and Barkley and Magic are going against everybody and they're playing hard and there's no clock. And you're always like, man, I wish I could be a fly on the wall for that gym that day. And this, I think, was the closest we've gotten to that. It's like you had LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo laying out for blocks, playing defense, Joel Embiid hitting dream shakes. You got James Harden posting up, pulling from deep. Like people were playing like it was game seven of the finals. Like it was diving on the floor and taking offensive fouls. I'm like, what has gotten into people? And you just remember that's what Kobe would have wanted, man. That is the spirit of the game. That is the spirit of the Mamba mentality. And just seeing those guys that are the best in the world at what they do, playing as hard as they can in tribute to him. It was it was incredible. I loved every second of it. And I think it had like a street ball feel to it with that intensity, which I love that the clock was off. It was weird in the arena you just see the shot clock with no clock above it in a basketball game in an all-star game you're like wow this is actually kind of cool like i'm not i'm not counting down till the next tv timeouts which were way too long but the intensity in the building people were standing for about the last 10 or 15 minutes of the game not knowing when it would end they were like is it going to end here the one thing that we need to change is the foul situation i think it cannot end in the future on fouls guys said that to us after the game they're like yeah maybe they should change the foul situation because it got tough nose, and maybe they should have called less fouls. Or my idea is make it either eight or ten team fouls until they start shooting free throws. Make that the situation, and then make sure it doesn't end on a free throw. So if it's 156, 155 as it was, don't let it end on a free throw. Anthony Davis said after the game he missed the first on purpose. He wanted to add some intrigue and keep this thing going and there are probably a couple after parties that would have been delayed if he did so because that thing might there might have been a couple of bottles of Henny that were uh, still on ice for a couple more hours if that game kept going but I think everyone loved it and everyone was disappointed when it ended on a free throw and he had to make that second to keep it going and like you said getting rid of like the celebrities behind the backboard and having those kids there and going crazy that you know they kept going updates they're like oh two minutes left until team LeBron wins 100,000 the third quarter kept using those timeouts to plan out a last second shot to get one of the sides of the 100,000 and then to carry it over since it was tied. I just think the free throw thing needs to change. Enough with the TikTok stars. I know one of the dunk Saturday <laughs> stupid TikTokers. I still haven't downloaded that damn app, but I know stock's going crazy for that right now. I'm, I'm kind of TikToked out, but anyways, a lot of celebrities on Celebrity Row. Kanye kind of turned down a kiss on the lips with Kim K. I mean, she, tr she, she turned to her right and tried to kiss him. I don't know. They probably show this on TV, I imagine, and you know, he just went in for the cheek. That's like Kim K getting friend zoned by her husband, essentially, with the, the side cheek. Uh, you had Chance the Rapper sitting, you know, J. Cole, DJ Khaled, who's made his way to every single event in American history. I mean, this guy is everywhere to the point you've had enough of DJ Khaled. Everything around it, Kaz, and the, the energy and the All-Star game, it's been fixed. The game has been fixed in, in a good way, not fixed as in, you know, Saturday Night Dwayne Wade fixed, but <laughs> it got fixed in a good way, and it brought the All-Star game back to prominence. And this 24-point thing and the fourth quarter thing outside the free throws has to be a staple for years to come. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they put in the rules, and shout-out to Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul was the one who initially proposed the uh, the untimed fourth quarter because he watched the TBT tournament in the summertime, which pretty much guarantees, like, you're going to get a game-winning shot. So outside of ending it on a free throw, my suggestion is if it's a point away, you have to just check ball. Like, real street ball rules, man. Like, if you get a foul, call your foul and just check up top. Or 
Or if somebody fouls you, and Steven Jackson had a great idea, he said, somebody fouls you and it's tied up, everybody get off the court or just surround the paint, surround the key. Those two guys go one-on-one, first to two, wins the game for their team. And then that's it. Like, that's how you get that entry. Because we all wanted to see that final game-winning shot, see the place go crazy. The free throw was a little anticlimactic. But, man, what a weekend. What a, a, a all-star Sunday night. It was incredible. Incredible. Job well done by the NBA, by Adam Silver, by everybody involved in that weekend. And it was fantastic. All right, next up, my man Jake Brown was all in the mix in Chicago. So we're going to listen to some clips from people like Common, Devin Booker, Rudy Gobert, RJ Barrett, and Zion Williamson before we toss it off to my man Mark Berman to talk about the final two months of this New York Knicks season. All right, Kaz, it was an eventful weekend in Chicago and a lot of media in the building. Devin Booker spoke to the media after All-Star Game and talked about honoring Kobe and them playing hard for him. Thinking of what Kobe did in that situation, his target score would have started from the first quarter. But, you know, you've seen, you've seen guys playing with passion. Guys are playing with energy. Guys really wanted to win. You can credit it to the format, but, you know, also you can credit it to Kobe. I know he's affected every, every single last one of us in, in this room. Rudy Gobert and his glorious accent talked after the game about that competitive fourth quarter trying to win and how fun it was out there. I think it went crescendo, you know, first quarter, then it went up, and every quarter. We basketball players, so we, we have a lot of pride throughout the game. At the start of the fourth quarter, teams are trying to win. You know, we try to raise money for this kid, and, you know, we try to win at the end. So hopefully the fans enjoyed it. I don't know if the NBA is going to do the same format next year, but uh, I think it was pretty fun. RJ Barrett spoke to the media after that rising stars game in his first appearance, going up against his buddy Zion Williamson, his former Duke teammate, and not letting him dunk it on a fast break. Okay, so right before that, I, I shot it during the quarter. I don't even know if it was him, but so many on the court was talking trash, and then I missed it. So then when I saw him running, I was like, nah, you're not, you're not about to dunk it. Rookie sensation Zion Williamson responded to RJ not letting him throw one down. Uh, it was great to get out there and get with my brother. And he stopped me on the uh, fast break. I was like, you're the last person I thought it would be that. Common spoke after winning Celebrity Game MVP about the importance of winning in his hometown, Chicago. Chicago, I think about how important basketball has been to Chicago, right? Like. Me coming up as a young man, I really wanted to be a ball player. My father, had, God bless his soul, he got to play at DuSable High School, ended up playing in the ABA. So I had it in my DNA in a way, but just the way we live in our city and part of our existence was, was playing ball. It was a way for me to connect with other other men, black men, and, and just bond and like learn how to work with a team. And so I love the game of basketball, and, and it's been a long line of Chicago hoopers that I really respect, man. I, I meet different celebrities, but when I meet the Hoopers, I'm like, yo, these are the guys right here. So for me to come home and be able to get, you know, play a game, I play an all-around game. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a perfectionist, so I know some things I wish I would have completed in this, but I'm coming home with the trophy. We got the win. Um, it feel, it's, it's, it's an honor to be home and, and, and be able to get an MVP trophy. Common also shared his favorite Kobe memory, which came from the Oscars. Honestly, one of my favorite Kobe moments was, it, it wasn't basketball. It was seeing him at the Oscars and, and, and talking to him and Vanessa and seeing how happy he was. And like really kind of like, I saw a side of Kobe that was like really not only humble, but just appreciative for what he was, what that journey was to, to do a film, to produce a film, create a film, and it be nominated for an Oscar. And then he went on to win it. This was, this was right before he had won it. 
So we were talking about it, and I could tell his excitement was there. So it was a beautiful thing. I always cherished that moment. And I had another moment with him where I really, my friend just sent me a picture of. It was an all-star game, and I got to go on. He was about to lead the court, and he came and brought his whole family over. Gianna, God bless her soul, she was so, so nice to me, and I was like, I was thinking, I know she don't know who Common is, because you know, she's a young kid, but she was just such a sweet lady, a sweet young lady, and you know, I was so happy that he introduced me to his family and meant something to me. And finally, Common, the Chicago staple, talked about the importance of honoring Kobe in the celebrity game and the entire All-Star weekend. I come from a tradition where people honor their ancestors. Kobe, at this point, is in some ways an ancestor, and that energy is still with us, and we honor that. We honor what he contributed in his 41 years of life on this earth, um, what he gave to us by showing how great a, a basketball player and how determined and focused he was, that's how we can inspire others in many ways. We can change the world just by being within our own greatness. And he did that. So I feel like we're getting to honor him. Like this, this All-Star game means a lot, lot more because we are honoring Kobe Bryant. So coming down from the All-Star Weekend break, before we jump into the second half of this New York Knicks season, let's talk to my man who we talk to damn near every single week right here on Big Apple Buckets, my guy Mark Berman of The Post. How you doing, man? I uh, do great. Uh, back from Chicago and uh, ready for uh, the final 28 or so games. Uh, it, it's probably not going to be very pretty, but uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll see some young guys. Yeah, maybe. But before before we get into that, let's let's talk a little bit about Chicago, man. R.J. Barrett, 27 points in the Rising Stars game. Looked very impressive. Had a lot of fun out there. How do you evaluate his rookie season so far? Well, we did those uh, midterm grades, and I think I got him at C-plus only because he's the third pick in the draft and didn't quite live up to that draft position. But we've talked about his shooting percentages. He's, he's shown a lot of good things defensively. He's got great instincts getting to the basket, very crafty. Uh, but, you know, we got to see him improve from three-point range. He's at 31%. we got to see him shoot free throws better, and I think that's just repetition. He's 19 years old. In Chicago, he was impressive in the fact that he looked, he acted like Kobe Bryant would act at an All-Star game uh, in the Rising Stars Challenge. He was actually trying, and he ticked off Zion Williamson for grab, RJ grabbed Zion when Zion went up for a dunk. He wouldn't let him dunk, and Zion was, like, shaking his head, angry, angry at his buddy from Duke. And after the game, RJ said, essentially, I, all I know how to play is playing hard. And I, I just, like, appreciated that remark a lot. He's got a lot of confidence. He said during All-Star Weekend, I would vote for myself for Rookie of the Year. Obviously, he has no chance, but that just shows how much confidence and moxie this kid still has. You know, the Rising Stars game is usually seen as like the JV All-Star game. So with that said, how do you think, you know, uh, R.J. Barrett's reputation just around the league as a budding, you know, uh, I wouldn't say star quite yet, but a, a budding player in this, in, in this NBA, uh, how do you think his, his report kind of like increased just being a part of the Rising Stars game? Yeah, I think it was huge for him. And uh, listen, he was such a superstar uh, at Duke and through high school. I mean, everyone in his age group knows him as a star. And, you know, they don't watch every Knicks game like we do, nitpicking everything, every little thing. So, yeah, I think his uh, colleagues think that he's a rising star, literally. 
and he's got uh, you know a lot of friends from that age group, and he was always the best player, you know, in the AAU circuit, and uh, again in high school. So uh, yeah, he's very well respected, and obviously Zion thinks he's going to be a great player, and I hope they patch their differences. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, we'll be in New Orleans in late March, and that will be the first real meeting between RJ and Zion. All right, speaking of uh, early March, we're about to get into the stretch run of the NBA season. The Knicks are 17 and 38, 70 games out of the eighth seed, about 27 games to go. What do you do if you're Mike Miller? Do you still play guys like like Wayne Ellington and Bobby Portis and Reggie Bullock, or do you shift to the youth? How do you think he's going to go? Right. I, I've been uh, actually supporting Miller's viewpoint. You know, the minutes policemen have been all over social media saying he's got to play Kevin Knox, he's got to play Dennis Smith Jr. more minutes. And going into the All-Star break, I thought, listen, Miller was still trying to win. He's still trying to save his job. And he was playing guys who were playing well, and Knox and Dennis Smith were not playing well at all. In fact, they're playing terribly. So I I got it. But now it's a different time. Uh, The Washington loss entering the All-Star break completely ended it for me. Uh, Coming out of the All-Star break, he's got to roll with the young guys. I'd love to see Knox in the starting lineup. I don't want to see more of Bullock. I think Bullock started off so wonderfully. January 1st was his Knicks debut, and he was like their best perimeter defender. He was knocking down clutch three-pointers, but he's uh, tailed off. It's time to roll with Knox. Listen, I want to see Ignis Brzezikas. The, the playoff race is uh, obviously not there. I mean, I think it's these mentioned seven at this point. They were within five. So I've changed my tune. I want to see Knox in the starting lineup Friday against Indiana. I want to see Brzezikas come off the bench. He's been very efficient in the G League. He, he could score. He's got to learn how to defend on the NBA level. I guess you got to start playing Dennis Smith Jr. more and maybe even start him over Payton. I don't think Payton is coming back. It's, it's a new day now, and I think Miller has to accept it. The problem is Leon Rose hasn't started, so he hasn't officially been able to meet with him and say, listen, we made our statement of the trade deadline. We traded Marcus Morris. Let's go young. Now, I'm with you on that, uh, and at the same time, I feel like a guy like Mike Miller, like you would play Kevin Knox if he, and you would play Denton Smith Jr. if those guys seem like they earned the minutes, if they were playing well, if they showed something where it seemed like you had to give these guys more time. But, you know, they might go the other way. They might, you know, not change their tune. They might stick with the veterans. So if they do, do you see Kevin Knox spending some time in the G League this year? He's still getting minutes, uh, not a lot of minutes, but he's still getting minutes up here. And I just think it would hurt his confidence even more. He's a very sensitive kid already. You know, I think I gave him a D plus in today's paper in the midterm grades and mentioned that his confidence looks shot. He doesn't even seem to want the ball on the offensive end. He has played a little better defense, but still, you know, it's still below average. I would, listen, I agree with what you just said. Uh, I don't even see Miller changing his tune Friday unless he's told by Scott Perry and Leon Rose, we have to start playing the young guys to make these final 20 games 
28 games worthwhile. But I, the G League for Kevin, I think it's, it, it would hurt him. It would hurt him mentally. I would just put him in the starting lineup starting Friday. I don't see it happening quite this soon, but I think eventually we will see him as the starting small forward. Now, speaking of, uh, you mentioned Leon Rose hasn't even begun. So I don't even think they, they've made a desk uh, a name for him yet or, or have even set up his office. So all these things might be moot by the time we uh, even get to the end of the season. But rumors have been circulating about Villanova's Jay Wright possibly showing interest in the Knicks job. What have you heard on that front as far as the college coach possibly taking over for Mike Miller in the, in the, in the upcoming future? Yeah, there was a little re- uh, report again, just like two years ago, that the Knicks were interested. Of course they're interested. Uh, he's a, a great college coach and one of those guys that people think can make the transition. The question is, will Jay Wright be interested in the Knicks? He was not two years ago, emphatically was not interested two years ago. Villanova has slid a bit since that time when he was coming off the championship. But I spoke to someone last night very close to him, and he said he still loves Villanova. He still wants to continue on uh, at Villanova. He did say and would not completely rule out Jay Wright one day becoming a head coach in the NBA, but it's got to be the perfect job. And the indication was the Knicks are not the perfect job as long as James Dolan is the owner. Mark, just give me a prediction. Let me know what you think the Knicks are going to uh, do for the re- remaining year of the season. Like, are they going to make a playoff push? Is it time to just go young? Like, just give me a prediction. What do you think is going to look like by the time we hit May? Yeah, well, a lot of it has to do with when Leon takes over. because, And that might not be for another couple of weeks as he ties up the loose ends with uh, CAA. He's getting his, his clients with new agents and, and still dealing with them. and his compensation. I feel when Leon comes aboard, he's going to sit down with Miller and say, we got to go young. And once they go young and play the struggling players, the struggling young players, it's going to be a tank festival. So they have the 17 wins right now. And that tied last year's mark. Honestly, if they get to 26 wins, I think that would be about accurate. I still, as we talked about, it looks like Miller's Still entering the All-Star break said, I still want to play the veterans. Uh, The schedule does get a little tougher, but I think 26 wins, maybe nine more victories for the rest of the year. But listen, I think fans will appreciate it if they see Bresdikas, if they see Knox playing 38 minutes and scoring 22 points. I think they'll accept the losses a lot more than if they see Reggie Bullock and Payton. You know, they don't, they don't have Morris anymore. Uh, and, you know, Julius Randle getting 40 minutes. I mean, we know what Julius can do. And it, it's nice, but we know it already. Well, Mark, it's, it's been a long season, and, and we're, almost, <laughs> we're almost out of there. But we'll be talking to you again next week. Enjoy the rest of the break, bro. All right, Kaz, I enjoyed it. Thanks so much. Thanks for the kudos. And that's a wrap for episode 18 of Big Apple Buckets with the New York Post. Thanks to our producer, Jay Brown, for making this magic happen every week and getting those great interviews over in Chicago. Hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. But please, give us a nice review. Rate us five stars. We can use all the good juju we can get, man. And as we do each and every week, we'll catch you next Tuesday on Big Apple Buckets. Peace out.